Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed host. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Andy, NFL preseason rolls on, despite the fact that I would love to do nothing more than a grab baggy type of podcast where we just comment and reflect on the crazy weekend that was. We had Wimbledon rap. We had Euro rap. We have the NBA finals going on right now. It is a crazy, crazy time in sports. But you know what? I've learned a valuable lesson over the years. <clears throat> you need to put in the work if you want to win in the NFL. You cannot kick the can down the road and expect to get caught up in the last month before the season starts and expect to have a winning edge in the NFL. You just cannot do it. Uh, and so for those reasons, today starts our official preview series of every NFL team uh, over the next 16 episodes. Yeah. And like I did mention in the past, we will have some bonus content in the next month because we are not going to forget about the Olympics. We love the Olympics. We love everything about the Olympics. So that'll be on top of this. But yeah, our Mondays and Wednesday shows will always be two teams on Monday, two teams on Wednesday. Those four teams will combine to create what we call in the NFL division. We'll start with the two shittier teams. In this division, it's a little trickier. We're just going to go by the consent word. These will not be judgment calls on our part. We're going to take the odds. We're going to say these teams are the least likely by odds to win the division. The two that are most likely will be on Wednesday. So today we'll be starting with the a couple teams that almost made the playoffs. If you want to go by, you know, Dave Gettleman's logic, yeah, the Eagles and the Giants today, we've uh, let people know that. But yeah, exciting weekend. We won't dwell too much on it, but congrats if you did listen to any of our tennis stuff last month and i mean people dm'd like hey i got novak at like plus 150 at this one skin but yeah you nice like yeah you nice. that. like any yeah anything around even money wasn't really much of a sweat he was a heavy heavy favorite in the final that was fun no it was a fun way to play it <laughs> lose the first set win the match plus 400 that was a Ooh. nice little uh, little Sunday pad your pocket. Um, but yeah, no, then uh, and I, I want to just real quick hat tip to you. What a what a run to finish zero. Congratulations, oh. Andy footy picks paying my mortgage uh, oh, over, this, over, the, over the over the quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. We were joking because your round of 16 picks were were so, 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 so um, incredibly precisely not correct. And then <laughs> I was like, okay, this is going to turn around. And not only did it turn around, but then you sweep the remainder of the knockout rounds. It was He's fun wrong. to watch. You finished in the black. Congratulations. You beat the toughest sport on earth to beat. And we'll never forget that. So congratulations to Italy, but more so congratulations to Andy. A lot, yeah, a lot of adjustments for my 2024 model as we go forward. <laughs> I did, and I had a lot of fun. Honestly, the, yeah, Wimbledon's great, but man, to have the Euros and Wimbledon at the same time. It was a ton of fun. It's a really fun tournament. Copa America kind of sucks compared. Oh, like yeah. Copa, Copa America was fun, but just not, not, and obviously the Gold Cup. The Gold Cup's awful. We have Jamaica and Suriname playing, man. Like it just it just doesn't have the same ring as like Belgium and Portugal. <laughs> it's just it's just not quite there. So no. I will uh, we'll continue to degen some of that. But yeah, into football. We'll yeah, start so, with uh, and let's break okay. So basically with every team here. Teams. 
what do you think? We'll try to keep these at about a half an hour. We will do our damnedest. It will be impossible for some teams where we just have so many thoughts that will spill into a longer podcast. We apologize. Listen to us on two and a half X speed or whatever the hell you want if you are worried about getting all of this information. But we're going to do this somewhat formulaically. We're going to do a quick recap of what happened in the 2020 season. We are going to break down current at the time of recording, 2021 odds. We are going to look at the schedule specifically, comment on things that are of interest, and then we are going to bring a couple of key points that are relevant as we move into the season. It may be like, this is a dead nut over team. It may be, this is a team that's going to be a, a great look live down uh, because of X, Y, and Z. It may be, these are coaches that we've never heard of before. Who the hell knows what they're going to do? You know, like those are those, that's the general kind of um, way we will put a bow on all of these teams and we'll, but we will always and always will be always entirely betting focused. That will be the perspective, the lens, the, um, uh, the, uh, oh, I, I had a DFS take on one of these oh, okay. players okay. Okay. just in my head. I'm like, this is like a good DFS play. Andy and will sprinkle be. in some DFS winning, winning thoughts for sure. And fan, Although, just general fantasy football mm, thoughts. I'm the, sure. the people, the if you saw today on Twitter, we're doing a little pool with some people. We chat with quite a bit on Twitter uh, for the home run derby. Similarly, <clears throat> we do like a buddies league on DFS for football every week. And I got first and second in weeks uh, 16 and 17 last year. So, like, I'm coming. I'm coming for that DFS. They're just lucking into things. Honestly, you know what it was? For my job, I was listening to a bunch of DFS content to try to f- scout some people out. Oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll use your stuff for a lineup. And like, hey, suck it, everybody. I won. I beat uh, <laughs> Will and Cal and everybody who actually tries hard. So, no, that, DFS stuff is a lot of fun, even though I'm just kind of a a donkey, I suppose. I just like to play buddy leagues and have a little fun. And a millionaire. You have to do a millionaire scratch off. But is yeah, that'll donkey, be th- is donkey fantasy sports handle already taken? Oh no, I'm find me. You know, I should, I'm not going to give up my handle. I was I get it. <laughs> there was our and everybody knows there's that one guy that was like challenging everybody to 30 NASCAR head to heads last year or whatever. It's I don't need more people like that doing that. But no. anyway, yeah, like like Drew said, we'll we'll touch. Uh, you can see our rundown on the side here. The top three we're going to touch on last year. We're touching the odds. We'll touch on the schedule, and then we'll hit some of the big topics specific to that team. And we will start with your. Philadelphia. What, what is Eagles. it? Fly Eagles fly. What's their hashtag? Fly Eagles, fly Eagles fly. <clears throat> yeah, let's get started. Um, fly Eagles fly. That was a <laughs> yeah weird year. Weird year weird for year. everybody in this division. We're gonna start all four of these with, hey, what a weird year for this team. <laughs> very obviously a very talked about division with uh, just uh, you know how things shook out at the end and everybody being into it. But the Eagles, I felt like. It's one of those things where you'll you'll never know whose fault it was, because it's like all right, and and here's where we stand. If you haven't you know previously uh, remembered, well, no, 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 no. I I let, let me roll with this. Let okay, me roll with okay, this. So, because okay. I I think I know whose fault it is. I don't think Carson Wentz is good anymore. I don't think okay. he'll ever be good again. We don't but disagree. It, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, and and this is maybe why the Colts were willing to take a chance on him. It's like, oh man. His whole offensive line got hurt. His everybody, all his receivers got hurt. I want to say, well, Jeffrey was like nursing an injury from the year before, but Jackson Ertz, yeah, yeah plus, you know, plus he is washed. But Jackson Ertz, Rager, Godare, they all got hurt as well. So, like, you know, I can see why a team would be like, oh, maybe Carson Wentz. It's just 
all his receivers got hurt. His offensive line got hurt. It's just the no continuity, the fighting, the infighting with Doug in the front office, the front office with Doug, Doug with the players, Carson with everybody. And I, I can see why Andy did it. I, I don't buy it. It's one of those things where, you know, we'll, we'll never know until we see a bunch of Colts games and be like, oh, all right, never mind. So, yeah, it was it was a tough season for injuries. And I think possibly, even if I don't agree with the Sirianni hiring, probably a blessing in disguise because I don't think a nine and seven season winning this shitty division, losing to somebody in the playoffs and going back to the well with Carson Wentz again would have been good for this franchise long-term. I completely agree with that. So maybe Um, like all the injuries, a little bit of a silver lining in that as far as, all right, we're moving on. Uh, I think the Jalen Hurts leash is probably short. We'll get to him. That's a very interesting situation. And, you know, you do get some longer leashes when you're a new coach as well. But, uh, yeah, well, Syriana would be a whole other topic. So your thoughts on the 2020 season? Uh, They were co-favorites coming in. They were expected to win double-digit games, and it was a massive underwhelming performance from them from week one till week 16. They were the first team out of the NFC East eliminated from contention even though they the entire 2020 campaign it was like if they could just put it together if they could just flip the switch if they just get a couple guys healthy they could go on a roll and they could run away with this dog shit division and they never (laughs) did (laughs) and they never did they never did um the low light um, was what was the low point of the season was it tying cincinnati uh in week week three as an oh and two team to save your season you go uh you're hosting cincinnati and you tie 23 to 23 that was a pretty decent low light uh how about uh you know you you um yeah there was the the losing to the giants off of the bye uh that was incredibly underwhelming um i thought uh you know that there were a lot of low lights for the 2020 campaign and it all circled circled around Carson Wentz and you brought it up you know we don't really know who's to blame I thought that way too because going into the season they had some tough tough injuries in the offensive line we didn't really know how Carson Wentz was going to play under pressure uh and I was like well maybe he was just bad because you know it's it's just he just didn't have cohesive line and and now and I broke broke down the data in preparation for this pod. He was the 32nd best quarterback with no pressure last year. Yeah. So it did <clears> not matter if he was under pressure or if he had a clean pocket. He could not perform the role of quarterback for the Eagles. And it was like the the locker room kind of fell apart. Obviously Doug Peterson leaves after the season because he just looked like he was having no fun whatsoever. I think that was a mutual like agree to part ways sort of deal um and i yeah the future of this franchise and really what their vision was for the 2021 season it presents one of the greater uncertainties on the board like we really don't know what to expect uh they get a lot of players back coming off of injury but they're all old they got a (laughs) lot of important pieces including coach and quarterback that are huge question marks uh, and they are in a very weak division, but they somehow have a very difficult schedule. Uh, so it is it is a complete, um, you know, murky uh, crystal ball when it comes to the 2021 campaign for this Eagles team. And I don't think it's unfair to put them in the basement of the NFC East in terms of expectation. Um, but 
at the same time, like this could be one of those teams where you happen to have a you know pretty decent upside. Uh, so um, I have a, I'm trying to approach these Eagles with an open mind, even though they burned me last year. I lost a lot of money betting the Eagles yeah. last year, and um, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's tough to kind of put that behind me, and and I I want to hang the blame around uh, around Carson Wentz. Is that fair? Yeah, no, it's something you just brought up is how bad he was without pressure. So of all the situations you can have as a quarterback, I suppose not having any pressure on you would be the best. So that's best case scenario. So you can about imagine it's not like he suddenly got better when he was pressured. And what I just talked about, all the injuries to the offensive line, the complete lack of cohesiveness. Like they started like how many different lineups at offensive line. So you can about imagine what the pressure was like. He got obviously worse under pressure. And then the fact that under pressure, he was so, so, so bad. Very, 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 very even And then then, you add the receiver, the injuries, like there was nothing that was going to go right. Like it was just kind of doomed to fail the way he had his steady decline in, you know, his career combined with all the injuries combined with the, the front office strife, the coaching strife, him and Peterson kind of not getting along as well. And I mean, it was just kind of doomed to fail from the get go. So I, I do put a lot of blame on just the, you know, the, what's the op- opposite of progression, the regression of Carson Wentz. But, you know, you throw that in with all the bad luck with injuries, this is, you're going to end up with a four, you're going to end up with a four win season. And again, maybe good. Same thing for you as we get into this, High volatility team, high variance. Either, you know, Jalen sucks. He's never going to cut it as a quarterback, or he's going to be very good. Well, like see, he, I didn't even he, think he, it, it doesn't even have to be he sucks. Like he could just be kind of yeah, you know, yeah, 20, 24th best quarterback in the NFL. That wouldn't shock me, right? You would. That wouldn't well, shock I, I you. Would, I would put that in the. I would put that in the sucks category. Like that's what but I'm isn't saying. That like kind of what we expect from him. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, the run game is nice, and we've seen teams be able to take advantage of that. Like uh, another team we're going to talk about, the Giants have been able to take advantage of, you know, Daniel Jones, some of his running. Obviously, Lamar has been great. Like if you can get someone in who can call plays and design runs and make that work, that's going to be great. But it's in, yeah. But yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm not sold on the kid. It's just we haven't seen enough of him for me to make real educated decisions on this team. And then you bring in the coach who had uh, – I mean, do you remember? Do you remember much about his play calling style in Indy? Uh, I don't remember much about it actually. Because he didn't call plays. Okay, <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> Bail yeah. me out. That, 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 that's, yeah, that's, I was not that, sure. That's the joke. Oh, okay, okay. Well, let's let's so, let's save so what, a little. Yeah, what are we yeah, what are we working with here? Yeah, let's save a little bit of that discussion and what we do about mm-hmm. that for later. But I think the last kind of point I wanted to put a bow on this 2020 season and why I have some. T- teeny tiny cautious optimism about this team, not just because the rest of the division sucks, but Wentz really was like remarkably poor last year. And we brought up all of the reasons why they were contributing factors. It was a perfect storm of horrible, but like he couldn't like every time they were in the red zone, it was literally like, I can't watch this. Like they're going to, he's going to turn it over. He's, you know, something bad's going to happen. Like they were, they were, obvious easy things for him to do to provide winning football plays for the eagles in a lot of these games in primetime ones in particular i'm thinking of the seattle game uh i'm thinking of the um the for sure the giants game for sure 
the um Bangles the game the, really the Bengals game oh yeah the the Rams game oh my god that one was bad you know there were a number of games where he really could do nothing right and I feel like if you get a little bit you know and you know we saw you remember when the Eagles played the Saints after they pulled the uh, rug yeah. on uh uh, on Wentz and uh, you know Jalen Hurts is now officially the starter and they beat the Saints 24-21 and it was like oh my god we're 4-8-1 and one, and somehow we're not eliminated at that time I was literally like okay like Hurts is obviously like my opinion at the time Hurts was obviously the best quarterback in that quarterback room like obviously yeah. and they started and, the and they didn't have much of a scout on him yet so he, I mean he yeah, played well right Right, he played well, and but just the the fact that he was behind an offensive line that couldn't block, and he was able to scramble and make plays with his legs on top of, uh, you know, just not being a somewhat of an unknown quantity with his arm, uh, and and just really not making the back breaking negative plays that keep you from winning football. Like he did it, and he he had them in that game the next week against the Cardinals. Unfortunately, they lose, and the air kind of comes out of the season. The next week and second week in a row in the road, they get blanked by the Cowboys, and it's all over. And then they, of course, uh, lose on purpose in Week 17. 2017, Deshaun Kaiser. That's not bad. Like I hate making that comparison because Carson Wentz was not that bad, and he had probably a worse situation almost. But the the like that. Do you remember that feeling of impending dread when they Ab- get into the red zone? Like what is one hundred percent? I do. Like, I remember it like it was yesterday. Like <laughs> yes. when they get when they get into the red zone, you're like, there's more likely to be like a safety than a touchdown here. Like this is just. Well, I don't know what is going to happen, and it was never anything good. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. So, all right, let's uh, should so, pop, yeah, to the, let's, pop to yeah, the let's odds. look at our odds for They're 2021. They're not good. No, no. This is a team that, again, uh, very similar roster to last year, with the exception of we replaced Carson Wentz with um, uh, with uh, Jalen Hurts, and we have at you know getting a lot of healthy pieces back, and the win total for this season has fallen from. 10 to six and a half, even though we have another game. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, I think all of those odds off the tops to win the Super Bowl 75 to one, two in the NFC 30 to one. You completely forget about it. That's there, those are wasted, those. Th- those are wasted plays. To win the NFC East at five to one, I've looked at this number a lot this offseason because in the back of my head, I'm like, these teams all have a huge fatal flaw, and you know, just betting the number might might be the right call but i have not pulled the trigger and i will not pull the trigger and we will talk about that more why later um but uh five to one is is a reasonable you know that that's that's an interesting number to me um to make the playoffs yes is insane if you're gonna bet the eagles just bet them to win the east they are not getting a wild card do you agree it's not a wild card team no, absolutely not. And then their regular season win total at six and a half. It opened at a flat minus one ten, and it's bet bet up to minus one sixty five. Your reaction? Still an easy ish division, not the easiest schedule. We get to the schedule next, and it's interesting because I think this would be a good time to talk about your to win the NFC East bet. Like we looked at the schedules kind of overarching last week. We're going to get more specific. We have an Eagle specific schedule pull up here. Like, have you looked ahead at that? And have you looked at the other divisional foes and said, like, here's maybe, is it good to, you know, would it be better to get in on the Eagles later? I think the answer is probably no, just based on like, they're a dog 13 out of 14 out of 17 weeks, I believe. 
they're not favored until late in the season when you get Washington and the Giants. Here we have it up on the screen. Oof, like yeah. they're a pick 'em at Detroit. I mean, if if <laughs> and, and, truth, and truthfully, like Detroit's kind of similar situation, different quarterback coming from somewhere else, or you know, and, and a new coach. But like D- Detroit, if they play halfway decent, like that, that's not a that's a tough. You got to go and play in their dome. You lose that game. This that. The season's over. Yeah, I suppose, yeah you're but, talking about uh, are we going to win a game? Yeah, and, if you and get to that point and you lose, you're talking about are we going to win? Yeah. Are we going to win a game? And that's what I'm saying. So, like to start the season, Atlanta, San Francisco, Dallas, kind of all same teams, kind of in flux. Where you have a new head coach, an aging quarterback in Atlanta, the Niners getting everybody, including a quarterback back from injury, with a new quarterback in the room, highly drafted. So who knows with that? And then Monday Night Football at Jerry World, team getting Dak back, still a probably a really suspect defense. Like I think I'm going to judge them off those games and make some decisions. But then at the same time, like if I make my decision, it's like, well, am I betting them hosting KC? Like we probably wait for after that game. So if I'm feeling decent about the Eagles, maybe after the KC game, as it brings their market down a little more, but even then you have Tampa Bay on the cusp. Uh, Boy, where is the easiest spot here? The, at Vegas, Detroit, they don't have an easy spot until like week 12. No, their first three home games all suck. You get San Francisco coming off of their concentrated week in Greenbrier. You get KC as an eight-point dog at home, Tampa as a seven-and-a-half-point dog at home. Basically, your two, you know, two your your two toughest games in your schedule both happen to occur at your house. You know, that this is a stark contrast to what we're about, we're just about to talk about with the Giants in a second. Um, but you know, you, I, those are low probability, low win probability games yeah. 26%, 20%. That sounds about right to me. Um, a lot of other coin flips on here, though. I mean, you know, but they're mostly on the yeah, road, kind of, kind of starting in week 12. <clears throat> and I think if they are a bad team and the rest of the division is scuffling right along, similar to last week. Maybe they're worth a look heading to the Giants. If, if you feel like betting them at the Giants, you may as well bet them to win the division if, like, Dallas or Washington hasn't run away with something at that point. Maybe there, but I, I suppose it's it's preseason or wait until midway through the year because I, I don't see some early season entry point that I'm excited about. Not at all. Not at all. And really the, the, the theme that is going to carry through all of our discussion about the NFC East is um, there is no rush. There really is no rush. You have your last four games are all against NFC East opponents. If Nick Sirianni figures it out as a coach, if Jalen Hurts has a little swagger, you know, a little more swagger, if he's covering spreads and winning coin flips, uh, I'm going to be considering Philadelphia. You're probably still going to have around five to one at that point in time. I do not think uh, there is going to be a huge shift in any of these teams from the NFC East in terms of their power number right now, the implied power number for Philly is minus three. So they would be three point dog to an average team in the NFL. And again, like this does feel like a lot of a, a a big shift from last year in terms of expectation one year ago, you know, this was a 10 win team. This was a co-favorite of the division. People were talking about them as a long shot Super Bowl pick. And all we've done is replace Carson Wentz with Jalen Hurts and we've replaced Doug Peterson with Nick Sirianni. We don't know anything about that second swap, but the first swap might have been an upgrade ultimately. And this is a big downgrade on this team otherwise when they're going to get healthy players back. 
Um, so I'm, I still, if you had to gauge my temperature on these guys, I'm cautiously optimistic that they will be a team that I will be betting on to cover big numbers, uh, to win coin flips. And then ultimately, um, maybe to win the NFC East. But at this point in time, I'm not rushing to do any of that because the uncertainty is bananas. I think I'm with you there. Like maybe more of a bet on team during the season after we see, like if, if Hertz looks good, if he's gelling, you know, you, you get a bunch of receivers back and healthy, just kind of a weird receiver room. Also, like, remember it when, is. remember when Fulgham was like the best receiver in the league for like two weeks, <laughs> Like I, you know, obviously not, not, re- not repeating itself. Is like Greg Ward senior coming back. That's all. I <laughs> Greg, yeah, like we, we need to know a little more about Greg Ward senior, but yeah, they, they had some, you know, some guys step up in the absence of that. And, you know, I don't say like, Oh, Tyler Fulgham, let's, let's look at some offensive player of the year. And nobody's going to give you a number on that anyway, but they did add probably my favorite player to watch in college football over the last season. Like, you know, if we see some sort of connection there and this offense clicks a little, like it's definitely a bet on team. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially if they get anything going with that passing game with the young quarterback, really young receiver. It's, I think we can have a team that can backdoor a bunch of games, keep it close against good teams. You saw those spreads on that last slide where we had the, you know, the previous slide up for the schedule. There wasn't a lot of like massive numbers. So, you know, they're, they're going to have to be close games. You're not going to get 10-point spreads in some of these. And I don't know, maybe they will if Casey plays well and they don't. But there is going to be, you know, there's going to be opportunities to bet this team for sure. Yeah, I agree. And I guess, let's speaking of starting over, um, the offensive line, I think, is an important place to start here. Because these guys had uh, an absolutely unparalleled cluster injury across across the offensive line. We've said this like three different ways now, but just for for accounting purposes, yeah. I don't think we we the their right guard coming into the season, Brandon Brooks. Um, I thought he finished out the 2019 campaign as a clear top 10 interior lineman in the NFL. Clear, and he is was in his prime. And he tore his Achilles and didn't take a snap last year. Ripped and the shit pres- out of it. Presumably, he will have had a year's recovery and will be an effective interior offensive lineman this year for the Eagles. Similarly, Andre Dillard, bicep injury, missed the entire season, I believe. Um, and then Lane Johnson, who was one of the top 10 tackles in football, uh, had like a, just a gruesome, gruesome ankle situation last year. And, you know, I think... I can expect Dillard as a younger player coming off the bicep is going to be effective this year. At least he was a first round draft pick. He has the quality. He should be good. He's young. Lane Johnson, I'm less convinced. Uh, he it was so bad and so consistent. And he played through it and it kept getting worse. I'm he a little trying, nervous. Like, We've yeah, seen the best of Lane Johnson. He kept trying. Like, and after a while, it's like, man, you guys, yeah, you might make the playoffs, but maybe you should just go get better. It just felt it felt like a negative EV move for Mr. Johnson. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. I mean, a cluster injury of that, maybe only only eclipsed by the cluster injury at receiver over the last year. Although some yeah. of them all, like yeah, like can you really call it a cluster injury when it involved Deshaun Jackson? Like Deshaun Jackson's gonna get hurt. No, That's that was a, that you you write that in pen that he's gonna miss time. 
Yeah, he's gonna have an he's gonna have an awesome eighty yard bomb sometime early in the season, but he's also gonna miss like seven games. Like that's just yeah. kind of what, I, especially at this point of his career. So, yeah, yeah, and maybe you know you say you're cautiously optimistic. I'm saying it's a team I could bet on against the spread as a decent dog, something over a field goal against some of these teams. I'm you know I'm fine with that, but I do want to see consistent. You know, if if shit goes like this again and they're just injured, it's just a team I'm tossing out for the most part uh, yeah 100 um so qu- what are your thoughts on how the what they did with the draft in terms of new additions they bring in Devonte smith obviously he was the heisman winner out of alabama uh the second of the two alabama wide receivers drafted however um and i thought everybody pretty clearly identified that that was a need for them entering the draft and so they addressed that good job by you uh and then they did not do a ton to address the nest the needs in the secondary like that is still a goal glaring weakness for this team uh they are going to get passed on uh and in fact i can see them needing to score into the 30s to win the games that they are in because they are going up against a number of relatively competent quarterbacks this year uh would you agree with me that pass defense is the is sort of the achilles heel yeah it didn't work out and i'm trying to i'm trying to look up right now what they gave up to get mr slay it's uh, it was a lot, and it was what his worst year. Like that didn't help. If that's, they look like they bought past the prime on Slay. Yeah, if you he go out past and get his expiration date, you get a name like that, and that's what you get. Like your secondary is going to be bad. It's not going to be any better this year. And yeah, they didn't. They drafted someone in the fourth round that I don't know from Texas Tech. They drafted a safety very late, I think. They drafted a, a bunch of defense, and then also they did draft an offensive lineman, not a first-rounder, but an Alabama kid from, uh, yeah, the center Landon Dickens, Dickerson, excuse me. How bad can he be? He's an SEC lineman. Uh, it helps to get some depth there, if nothing else. I, I, I guess outside of Devonta Smith, maybe being an instant impact, I'm, I wasn't terribly excited about the draft. Yeah, same. It's tough um, when you have that many. You have that many holes. I don't really know what to think of Devonte Smith. Like he could be an amazing wide receiver in the NFL, or he could be too small for the league. I really could not tell you. It, he, yeah. he may. We may not know that answer for a couple of years. Um, I don't know how well. I mean, he should presumably have some chemistry with Jalen Hurts. There's a lot of similar concepts and you know what they've been through in history in terms of learning offense. So that yeah. might be a good fit. Uh, you know, good mesh. Um, <clears throat> and really, overall, Fulgham. Uh, the um, Rieger st- you know, still has pedigree, even though if he's not going to be an amazing wide receiver in the NFL. And they have Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, although we would expect Zach Ertz is probably a long shot to make the team just considering yeah. his contract situation. So, you know, I think they have the offensive weapons. If the offensive line is healthy, and then I think this is an offense that can score into the high 20s, low 30s. This defense, however, is lopsided. They lose Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator. He is, he's gone. Surly Jim Schwartz is gone. And his kind of his, his heavy reliance on the defensive line uh, is now all of a sudden, okay, well, we have some good defensive linemen. We're paying a lot of money who are old. And then we have some linebackers and some secondary players who might suck. Yeah, I think they will suck. Um, good front four, probably. The rest of the defense, problems. Yeah, it's a rebuild year. Like, the, I mean, to, to put a bow on what we think, it's, it's probably a rebuild year. And I think everybody involved is fine with that, even if you're front office. Like, I think Lurie is fine, I guess. It's new coach, young quarterback, like, 
what, what kind of expectations can you really lay on that? So if, if yeah, it's a rebuild, I, I year, mean, it's a rebuild. Yeah. And it, six it, and a half wins out of, out of a 17 game schedule. Expectations are low, man. Yeah. They're low. So yeah, if hurts plays well, if, uh, you know, the offense is good. You're going to see both of them and Sirianni lauded for that because the expectations are very low. And again, I think everybody involved is fine with it. It's a rebuild. That's all these, a lot of these teams we touch on early on Monday, it's going to be a rebuild. If everything, if everything goes right, if they win their coin flips, if Sirianni's approach to calling an offense is plus EV, um, is he going to be in the discussion for coach of the year with 10 wins? Yeah, I think for sure. You win the seven, or come and in seven, he's going to be in the conversation. Man, doing it with a young quarterback like that, never coaching before, for sure. You know, it depends. It's it's dependent on what everybody else does, but at the same time, yeah, I think so. Ten, eleven wins get you there. Okay, but if they get it done, we agree it's going to be because of the offense. Yeah, no, we're expecting passing passing offense has to work. The passing offense has to work. Right. And so it kind of comes down to scheme, which is the huge unknown still, which yeah. is, I think, why this is an easy pass pre-flop. Which, you know, and I, I kind of set you up and punk you there a little with this, like what it, Sirianni's play calling. But I, I would think we could extrapolate some of the things we saw in Indy, you know, and say like that maybe we see something similar. I don't know, man. Indy's, I think Olsen I just really don't. One, do you... I think Olsen just hooked one foul to lose to Mancini in the first round here. I got the oh, home run man. derby on too, obviously. Oh, did you? Oh, I should take Mancini. We talked a long time about taking Mancini and ended up with the hometown kid. Uh, was that the first one to go off? We have a four to twenty-three. Mancini yep. and Olson. Um, was that one of the ones we bet on the over under? I don't think it was. The twenty-four and twenty-three. Those guys both made it over their their number. Yeah, we're ge- we're getting over the two hundred. We're getting over the thirty or okay. whatever it is. Okay. They okay. are they are flying. So, all right, yeah, okay. coaching. Let's, uh, um, yeah, so I, I know I, uh, it's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery card to me. New defensive scheme that I don't think will work. This is probably going to finish a bottom five defense in the NFL. That's just my gut. Um, and the offense is a complete unknown. Uh, I, cause honestly, I don't really know that I really have a solid grasp on what a Frank Reich offense is, to be honest with you. Like it, it's got some concepts that I love and some stuff that I absolutely hate. And I think he's still figuring some things out in terms of how to run on uh, you know a team because he's he's never had uh, an especially good or effective quarterback. I mean, Rivers was absolutely serviceable last year. He was very serviceable, but not couldn't elevate the play of the players around him to the tune of um, you know getting uh, getting through to the second round of the playoffs. So it's I I I, I am I have so little to project on Sirianni. I don't even know where to start. And I mean, last year when he was with, I mean, basically if you like try to do any research on this, it just, you're going to get fluff articles like Lane Johnson really likes how Sirianni's taking control of the team. Like hate that shit. What the fuck am I going to glean from that? But I did find <laughs> something from two years ago where, you know, working with Reich, they were, you know, in, implementing their up-tempo, multiple tight end offense. I don't know how that works when you're probably trading or cutting one of your tight ends, but and you're, you're a good tight end. 
obviously, and Mr. Dallas is coming along quite nicely for a young man too, but it's, if you don't have the weapons to work with, it becomes tricky to run an offense. So yeah, super big mystery. This is maybe one of the bigger mystery teams. Do we have any other ones that are, uh, you know, besides the Jets, the Texans that are, the Texans don't count as an NFL team. <laughs> that's hilarious but i think we know a lot the, about the jets actually i think we i think we can put the puzzle do, pieces we do, together on the jets we do well. but i'm saying new coach new quarterback like new coach yeah. new quarterback makes it tricky so siriani if anybody yeah. has any siriani nuggets by all means at deep dive pod you can see our twitters here yeah. hit us with it if you've heard something i'd love to hear it because i don't have a i don't have a good read on the guy I, the market doesn't either because the the, the, the first takeaways were basically like this is a terrible hire because I don't know who it is. Well, that's not a good reason to have. No, that's not a. That's not a. That's not a reasonable opinion. Um, so it's it's tough for me to really. Yeah, I mean, I I just I just don't have uh, a pulse on what to expect from this guy at all. It could be, and honestly, the fact that expectations are so low, my the contrarian in my heart wants to be like. Bet on him because <laughs> he'll get lots of credit because people are be like, well, I did not expect that. Uh, let's give him some credit. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know how that goes. Anyway, let's move on. I do. No bets on the Eagles. Yeah, no bets. I mean, the, and our last point we had there was injury, you know, returns from injury. We kind of touched on a lot of that already with the offensive line. Some of the guys we think they're going to matter, some that don't. The Ertz thing, he's probably gone. The rest of the, uh, like, just, I do worry. I worry all about, about Devonta Smith. Like, if a team, can a team really be, like, cursed in a, in the sense of that? Like, drafting a, drafting a receiver? I don't think it's a thing. But, like, our CO Whiteside has, like, He's what's his, like, a third year? Well, just, yeah. like, if they draft a guy or Rager, it's like they Ag- miss. Aguilar. And they missed on Jefferson. Aguilar. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. T's and P's to him because I mean he is kind of a slight he has a slight frame but man he's fast he's shifty and he's very good like just yeah. watching him at like questionable health in that you know in that playoff game it's like crisis guy's super good so I almost as much as the Eagles fans are awful and I kind of hate him from that one time the Vikings played him it, like I I honestly for you Eagles fans I hope that Smith is good. Because you deserve a good receiver at some point again. It's been yeah. a while. Yeah, um, I think this. I think we're going to end up talking about the Eagles a lot this year because I think it's the market's going to take take its sweet time making up its mind one way or the other about them after we get a couple of results. This is not one mm-hmm. where I think there's going to be quick action with the market. So it's one that we should uh, uh, we should take our time with. Let's move on to the Giants. Go for it. What did you think of the Giants' 2020 season? Was it as successful as Dave Gettleman would like us to believe? And remember, the joke was, and we made this numerous times, was <clears throat> maybe they'll be better now that Saquon's hurt. Like Saquon hurt, not a bad thing. But when you have what Jason was your favorite Saquon? Helm? What was your favorite Saquon stat line from last season? Was it the the eight rushes for minus eight yards or whatever, <laughs> or sixteen yeah. rush? He had a couple that a couple of um, a couple of performances early where they were force feeding him uh, aggressively, and it was going absolutely nowhere. And they literally looked like like I guess it looked it reminded me of the Titans playoff performance where it was like they thought as soon as they got to twenty attempts he was going to yeah. break a big one. And so we're going to get him to 20 one way or the other. And it was like 
everyone in the field knows it's coming. Uh, this is like beyond predictable at this point. And uh, th there was no creativity. There was no inspiration at all in that offense. And uh, Sack Barkley was, in I guess, without looking, uh, he played how many games? Was it like What's your three? Guess? He, he, he uh, played two games. Two. And in those two games, do you want to guess? He had 19 carries for 34 yards. But and, you know, in in that very small sample size, and I've seen stats from the year before, like the fact that he's getting hit in the backfield isn't helping. Like he's a good player. You know, we don't love I, – I, don't get us wrong. Like we, we dig on him a lot. And the reason is not because we don't like him as a player. We don't like how he's used, and we don't like where he was drafted. Like the, that's that's the digs. The dig isn't on Saquon. It's for sure on the the management taking him so high and how they've decided to use him in the offense. But yeah, the, if if the offensive line is going to play the way they play, and he's getting hit in the backfield, I think there's a point where he was the worst running back in the league. And it's not even a running back stat, really. It's he was the worst running back in the league as far as uh, yards before contact. Like he was getting hit the instant he was touching the ball. That's how you end up with stat lines like that. If you want to have a stud running back like that, you also have you have to invest in the offensive line and probably an offensive coordinator. Like I'm not sure J yeah. G J G is the the answer to this as well. Well, that's and that's and that's actually why I that's the I there are a couple of reasons that I am immediately cool on the Giants and their potential this season. And Jason Garrett is at the top of that list. Yeah. Um there is absolutely I and, and honestly, it that brings into question for me the decision making of joe judge uh the decision making of dave gettleman like if you can't self scout and realize we should probably go a different direction in terms of offensive coordinator to see if we actually have something in daniel jones they said you run it back and you're like maybe continuity will bring out the best in daniel jones. you know that is a red flag for me and i am expecting low things of the jason garrett offense uh, and I think 2020 proved that he just it, that he doesn't have uh, an NFL an NFL offense really for 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 the year 2021, um, and he didn't have an NFL offense for the Cowboys the last couple of years. He was the main decision maker there to the tune of they put uh, the kid that who was what's the name of the offense coordinator for Dallas? It's escaping me. Kellen uh, Moore. Kellen Moore. They put Kellen Moore in charge <clears throat> and. Kellen Moore called three brilliant games in 2019 before Jason Garrett polluted his mind into, no, we need to do it this way and regressed him as a play caller. And that's showed, the, showed that Jason Witten film from five yes. years prior. Oh okay. my God. Oh my God. It's not good, man. It's not good. And, and realistically, uh, if you have high expectations for Daniel Jones, cool your jets. If you have high expectations for the giants offense, cool your jets. I did not see any progression, any growth, any positives, real, really, across all of their film from last year, across all of their results from last year. Uh, and that's tough to say because otherwise, like, there's some really bright spots about this team. And it's, you know what else is really kind of like really rubs me the wrong way about these guys? And maybe like I have to check my bias, make sure I'm not rooting against them. But um, <clears throat> why? Well, you are okay. Well, it, it, in my in my in my mind, it's it sucks that Dave Gettleman really hasn't been punished for his terrible, terrible team building decision making, particularly at the top of the drafts. Right? He really hasn't been punished for taking a Sack Barkley second and Daniel Jones sixth and 
you know, stocking up on, uh, you know, on defensive linemen, right? Like he's gotten some very lucky uh, calls plucking uh, Bradbury, for instance, was the best, yeah. bar none, the best free agent signing of all of the 2020, uh, t- you know, of all that 2020 cycle. And it, you know, he's he's gotten a little bit lucky here and there to make up for the really, really bad things that he's done. And so he really hasn't had to pay any consequence for a team building vision that I just fundamentally disagree with. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> there's if you actually read the football outside, we got the football outsiders preview. And if you like good reading, that's always a good one. We'll definitely give them pub, but I, I should look at, figure out who wrote this. It was uh, Mike Tanier wrote the uh, giants one and not a lot. I mean, a lot of it was stuff I already have in my head and it honestly, the, it was only he was almost hedging a little, saying like, you know, the, some of the stuff can work despite what Kettleman had said. It's echoing what you said, but he had a great line. I went and found it too. He's like, the offense should be fun this season, or fun to watch. When Danny Dimes drops back to pass something, and then in parentheses, a long gain, a drop pass, a strip sack, a stumble, scramble is going to happen. Like that's that's true. Like. This is another team that'll probably be fun to watch. I like Daniel Dimes. I like Mr. You know, uh, I'm trying to the Ingram. Like they have some pieces, but yeah, it does feel like if this roster were constructed by a better GM, this team would be a lot further. You know, they they would be you know probably a favorite to win this division just with with the spots they've had in the draft. If they had drafted a little more sanely and move this team forward, they'd be in a lot better position overall as a franchise. And here they are, you know, in eh, what the third, third favorite in a horrible division again. So yeah, I'm uh, the 20, yeah, the 2020 season one was, was what it was like. That's always kind of what this team was going to be. It was a, a quarterback in flux. They weren't sure what they had. I'm glad they played him. I'm glad they are, you know, seeing what they have because they have some decisions to make going forward, probably after this season. And, you know, going forward, I'm not, I'm not that much, you know, my opinion hasn't really changed that much on the giants, I guess. Yeah, no, I, and yeah, I, <laughs> I want to save some of the best kind of takes here for the, when we get sort of to the little rundown there. Um, but we can move on from the 2020 season, which I, I would say was a failure. Honestly, yeah. I, I think I, I think they needed they needed to see more out of their offense. They needed to see more out of Daniel Dimes to figure out what to do in the future. And if we can't answer that question, then certainly they can't answer that question. And if they didn't make any other moves besides doubling down on, uh, you know, some uh, wide receivers who are. Uh, maybe they'll make a difference. Uh, you know, Kenny Galladay, do you think he's uh, an A1 difference maker? Uh, you know, do is, is Evan Ingram uh, a bona fide, you know, offensive weapon tight end? Is he ever going to learn how to catch? Uh, is Kadarius Tony, was that a reach drafting him at 20th overall? I mean, like, I, I don't, none of these, none of these moves to bring in weapons to try to improve Danny Dimes' bottom line stats to me look like no doubt hit correct decisions right if you had to pick your your favorite move though the one that the most likelihood of being successful like it's galladay right like that was it wasn't like some star wide receiver sweepstake but i mean he he's a top 20 receiver and it wasn't the best situation where he was at either so like, if he 
if he can improve the quarterback play by having another weapon, I think that's the biggest one. Like Galladay is the biggest one for me. Uh, Dory Jackson's <clears> been <throat> in and out of injuries, and I mean we'll, we'll get we'll get to that, I guess. I guess if you were saying what's your highest confidence decision that Gettleman made this offseason, I probably am saying it's Adoree Jackson just because of the success he had bringing in Bradbury. So maybe he can evaluate the that, That's that's a good point. Like, yeah, that maybe it's like certain teams. It's, you know, like the, the Steelers drafting wideouts. Like, yeah, oh, they drafted a wideout. This kid's probably going to be good. Plus, like the, they, plus some... the defense is good enough overall uh, that it may make Jackson look better. Right, like yeah. he, they, like they could just be good enough overall that it, that's like, wow, man, like they're only asking Jackson to go one v one versus the second best option on the other team. Like he's doing great, <laughs> you know. Like they are getting a lot out of that guy for not a huge contract. Um, but the offense, yeah, I guess, I guess Galloway, uh, only because I, there were times when it felt like he was the straw that stirred the drink for Matt Stafford. <laughs> when it felt like when he was on the field. It helped Matt Stafford be the best quarterback. And, he could and Marvin be. Jones. Marvin Jones also. So, and maybe he is that level of impact player still, but we only saw it for a fleeting, fleeting moment with Gal with uh, Galladay. And I yeah. don't know Galladay. I don't know if you know, he has more of that. And I guess maybe my favorite move of the uh, of their offseason was trading their first round pick. Until they made their pick, <laughs> and I'm they were they did they, it. They were very were, clever, and then yeah, they, it's like oh, this is they, good. Like who are they? they who are they targeting? Screwed it all up. <laughs> yeah, and and Tony Tony could be an excellent slot player, but I'm not getting good reports out of camp from him so far. Like he, there's some there's some negative reports, and if you have a negative report this early, that's not great because usually this is oh you know best shape of his life. Kids really catching on to the offense, like. Getting negative reports this early is rough. So yeah, my, my favorite move was trading the pick and then obviously screwing it up. But yeah, Galladay, Galladay should be fine. Jackson was expensive for someone with that much injuries, and then uh, maybe maybe John Ross really got him cheap. Yeah, let's look at this. Let's look at the odds. Um, All right, pull up the odds. Um, so the Eagles were seventy-five to one to win the Super Bowl. Giants fifty to one, also unbettable. Uh, Eagles were thirty to one to win the NFC. Giants twenty-five to one, also unbettable. NFC East plus 325. If you want to make that bet at this point and be pleasantly surprised because all the Giants have an easy-ish schedule and a defense that is clearly top five this year, I will not stop you, but I will not be joining you. Um, too many things have to go right on the offense, and I just really struggle to find anything positive to say or think about uh, the Jason Garrett experience. So playoffs, yes, again, is an insane bet. Um, they only are getting in if they win the NFCs. Do you agree? Yeah, and I mean we've talked it a lot already in anything we've done NFL in this offseason. The NFC is weaker. The NFC is not going to be as tough to get into the playoffs, but I don't think you're seeing a wild card out of the NFC East. So yeah, let's not bet to make. If you're going to bet to make the playoffs, <clears throat> I'm probably just take them to win the NFC East. Like the the odds of two of these teams hitting. And really, like at the same time, both been like, oh, we're 12 win teams. And there's like this really good race down to the end to win the division. It's it's of a lower likelihood than just taking the, you know, taking the better odds to win the East. I'm, it happens so infrequently that I'm not worried about, you know, losing that value on that at all. So, uh, yeah, the, the win total juiced heavily to the over. I'm sure you can find some sevens out there as well. Like if you really like the Giants, alt, alt over. 
but again, like a, de- a defense is not going to carry a team this in this day and age. And really, like how Brad Washington, how, Brad, how many how many games did Washington win last year? Yeah, not enough to make me impress with them. Like they made the playoffs, but yeah, but they they went they made their all over win total by by a good margin. Yeah, I get. I guess that's true. Like, but, I guess but, yeah. No, I, it, but still, they, they still kinda, they won. They still won seven games. We aren't, we aren't like uh, you know. Yeah. What well, is? I guess uh, you could put oh, a division. Dude, did, uh, say Trevor Story. Trevor Story beat Joey Gallo. Uh, Gallo got, got forty-five seconds to hit eight bombs. To hit seven bombs. I this got is, one. This is going to come right. To, oh, he's in a he's in a groove right now. He's oh, we got that middle though. Up. We got that middle though because Trevor Story hit his over twenty. Oh, Gallo only get twenty-one. Every one of these is going so far right now. Oh, so he's gonna he, Gallo's Gallo's gonna go through, but we're gonna hit that middle. Right? I don't know. Like he, I think he just popped one up. All right, he lost his groove. Okay. Um, all right. Well, last last sort of thought here um, on this, you know, on these odds. The over six and a half. I've seen sevens out there. I've seen six and a halves out there. Um, neither one is. I, I would I, in no way lay juice on six and a half. That that is a insane insanity. Shop around, find a better number if you have confidence in the Giants. And again, do so with your eyes open, knowing that it's based entirely on the fact that they're going to hold teams to twenty points. And uh, every game that Danny Dimes does not fumble away the lead, you may get a win. The pitchers who don't cheat are doing worse. That's always how this works. And but yeah, I full agree on that. And yeah, if you are betting, if you wanted to bet the alt over, I think are you gonna are you really gonna find an alt over that's like three and a half to one? You can probably find a division price that you'll like better. So if you really do believe in the Giants, I think, again, the division prices were to attack. Let's look at the schedule again to see if there's some sort of entry point or anything funny going on. Easier schedule than Philly, I think. Um, I mean, just based on some of these numbers that have minuses in front of them. Look at that. They're only a one point. <laughs> well, I mean, one point dog to start. They're a favorite in week yeah, three. More, more, week more coin flips, especially early. Yeah. yeah, a lot more coin flips, obviously. Two really, really hard games. Like, it just, uh, you know, 15 and fifteen and two is the ceiling here because the going to Kansas City, going to Tampa Bay in that short of a period of time, even off yeah. a bye. Like, they're getting 10 points off a bye going two to Tampa. Ottawa's, yeah. Yeah. It's rough. So, yeah, two auto L's, the Chargers at Chargers on, the, on a back-to-back going across the country from Miami, you know, actually probably going back up to New Jersey. Jersey uh, sorry. That's rough. I think uh, story through the story through. Yep. Story went through 2019. Wow. And we hit that middle. Unbelievable. Yes. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you, but uh, your points are dead on the money here. Even look at their third toughest game and by implied win probability at the chargers. Really? Yeah. Is that is that really that hard of a game? Like they got a huge, 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 huge break here schedule wise compared to even the Eagles, who we just looked at. Um, who cares about those two, you know, scheduled losses? Honestly, um, I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I refuse to get positive about these the Giants. I refuse. <laughs> but if you were to really beat the drum hard that this schedule is soft, I will listen to you. Yeah, I mean. It- in general, it's like, oh, there's some – and really, at the Chargers, that is a tough game. Like, we, we kind of shit on the Chargers, but they have a good quarterback now, and if they're healthy, like, that is a very tough game. Yeah, but we'll play that game, but, the, the, but no, yeah, just, I, I get what you're saying. A, it's not, that is a beautiful it, under. Beautiful yeah, under. Your, your yeah. third toughest game isn't like 
hosting the Ravens or bringing in, you know, one of these other really high-end AFC teams. It's, it is the Chargers. And then from there, it's, you know, the New Orleans, Dallas uh, Rams stretch isn't great. Like that Rams number, that might be bettable just because. I, I would uh, agree with you 100%. That is bettable. <laughs> that's, that's a tough spot for them coming off them. But yes, easier schedule, more coin flips. Look at the end of the schedule there. Plus one, plus one and a half, plus two. Minus one and a half versus Dallas at Philly at Chicago and hosting Washington. If there ever was a team that had a nice soft landing and the quarterback was getting it and the receiver wide receivers that you brought in were gelling well and the offense was clicking like this was a, this is a team that has a spot where it's like, all right, this is how we get to nine wins. Like we're, you know, we're five and eight, but we can win these last four. Just Aaron Rodgers run the table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, they could, this is a team that could sneak in. It absolutely is. If they stay healthy, if they keep their, you know, if they win those coins, some coin flips, this is a team that is going to be live come, Jan- come late December. Absolutely true. Um, real quick, that week 14 Chargers game that they're plus six dogs in LA. And oh, by the way, how, what a, what a treat for New Yorkers. Like, you want we're going to send you on three road trips in uh, the months of November and December. You're going to go to at Tampa, at Miami, at Chargers. Like, oh yeah, we'll get you some, some warm weather. They you know, just really, it's really. Just you know what they should up, do? Man. You know what you should do? What? I mean, re- rent a boat. Rent a boat. <laughs> <laughs> going to Tampa, Miami. Oh, going to rent a boat. L.A. Absolutely, uh, get a boat. Maybe that's Miami. how you break that curse. You have boat. to do it again. Yeah. Um. No, but real quick, that Chargers game week fourteen in, of course, in the uh, in the under full confines of SoFi Stadium. You want to guess what that total is? Forty three, forty four. It is forty seven. Bettable right now. What? At wherever you get your heads, forty-seven. As I look at these totals, man, are you going to make me bet a total of <laughs> seven six right now? Why is that so high? I don't know, honestly. As I look, okay, so the looking at the power no uncertainty with our quarterback situation out there, I suppose so he could be good, but I don't see it. Um, it, yeah, r- the way it is stacked up right now, uh, the Giants are power ranked as a minus two and a half. Uh, and they are expected to have the uh, bottom seven defense and a top six, so bottom seven offense, top six defense. So basically, like this is a dead nut under team, any way you want to slice it. Um, and I'm not sure, I, I don't know the answer uh, as to why. Uh, that total is as high as it is. I mean, the Chargers have a great passing offense, obviously, but that that's going to be a tough test for them against this unit. Those guys are good. These guys are good cover cover corners. Um, oh, I thought you were talking the Rams game. What's the Rams total? You want to know what the Rams total is? Yeah. It is I have 40, this, I, 45 and a half. Still higher than I thought. It is okay. still higher. No, I'd, I'd probably take both the SoFi. SoFi unders, we're on it. Well, <clears> the <throat> first one's in MetLife. The second one's in SoFi. MetLife funders. Yeah. Yeah. So any ske- situational schedule spots that really pop, ca- catch your eye there uh, before we move off the schedule entirely? They get yeah, Dallas I mean, the, on the back of a third straight back to back to backy, but that is sandwiched between two trips, one of which is to the West Coast, and then two trips to the frigid North. 
uh, Philly and Chicago. That's a four out of five in a row that are uh, that are on the road. Some of their some of their uh, back to backs aren't great. Like the Chargers, the Cowboys in the second half of a back to back. Essentially, <clears throat> we talk about this all the time. Neuter when you neuter a buy, like playing the best team in the conference is a good way to neuter the buy. Like that doesn't it help is. playing Tampa right. Like, oh yeah, we're off our bye. Oh, we're gonna get the shit kicked out of it. <laughs> that's that's not any fun. So. Does not no. That's not gonna help much. No. Yeah. No. 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 Just overall, like, and especially it's, it's on it's on a Monday. It's on a Monday. So then you got a quick turnaround, short week before you play Philly. It's a fairly it's a fairly balanced schedule though. I think like yeah. there's not a three. You know, it's just that that last stretch there. Five, four out of the last six games, and four out of five they're on the road. Miami Chargers, Philly, Chicago. They Philly, Chicago aren't the toughest teams, but it's still a lot of road games there. So yeah. I guess maybe that's a tough stretch. Although the K- KC and Tampa surrounding your buys, your two buys, you have the buy and then you have the Vegas buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, Pete Alonso is destroying the ball. I'm dead. <laughs> Oh no. Perez gets to go second though. So he knows exactly what he needs to do. Yeah, he needs um, to hit 30. Right. Well, the schedule implies seven wins. I think that's fair for this Giants team. The Giants power ranking by the, all the look aheads is minus two and a half. I think that's fair uh, that they're two and a half points worse than an average team. But again, their defense is good enough that they're going to be in games. They're only going to have to do just enough. And is, I guess, is sack being back? what this offense needs in any like like what role does he provide for this team where you're like oh man they really did miss him last year like what what is it that uh, or is it are you going into this season with the same thinking we had last year which is maybe he's a negative it would probably be the play calling more than him. He can only do what he does. Like he's going to get the ball and run. It's going to be how they use him. Like a hundred percent. It's on just the, the offensive coordinator. And that's where I'm not hopeful. I'm not excited about him ever. So like getting him back, it, it, I don't think it's like, you know, we joke, but it's not a negative. Like having a better running back is good, but yeah, if, if they are going to force feed him, if they're going to use him like they've really wanted, like, oh, we got to get him the ball this many times and we're going to be running on early downs. We're going to be running in the stack boxes. It doesn't matter because we have a good running back and we're, we're smarter than them. Like, that's where it's 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 not going to be that much of a positive. Like, what's, what's the difference between an all-world running back and, like, Wayne Gallman if you're running into, like, eight nine man boxes on early downs or something Gallman was kind of frisky yeah, well, that, that's what i'm saying like yeah it's like oh we get you're gonna get an extra quarter like no you just the only difference is putting putting extra hits on a guy who gets paid a lot more that's the only difference yeah and and let's i guess let's let me be more fair in qualifying my question to you the deal with sack has always been boomer bust which is the worst thing you want on your roster if you're running back because the busts will kill your drives and the booms will come along randomly and they may be in a game when you're down two scores and okay, now you're back in the game or maybe in a game where you're up two scores and okay, well, we just put that one away. But the idea of it's sustaining a winning football or keeping you in a game or keeping you within one score or answering a touchdown drive that your opponent makes doesn't help you with any of that which is why he's a player that I just have no interest in rostering. Uh, the, but 
it is what it is. I guess do, does the explosiveness, does the fact that he can uh, boom combined with uh, you know some weapons in the passing game do anything for this Giants offense despite the the potentially minus EV play calling? Ultimately, no. No, I <laughs> like. Yeah, uh, it's similar to like the Kellen Moore thing you brought up, like or what well, we saw Seattle. Like, if the offense. Yeah makes this big change like oh we're gonna do this now like yeah you have the weapons to do it you have a half decent quarterback who has legs and you brought in some receivers and you have a good receiver and you got a a running back who can do a few different things maybe even play some slot like if the offense changes yeah it can be a good team but uh, yeah sack back isn't like some some huge positive for me because again if you use your running back the way they use running backs it doesn't matter if you have you know Barry Sanders or Bernie Sanders out there. <laughs> yeah, I don't right, know if he's like move. running back. No, I, we, we're in agreement. And honestly, like the offensive line is not, has not been upgraded either, which is somewhat problematic. Like Andrew Thomas, they picked him of first of a very, very strong offensive line class. He looks to be the worst out of those guys. Uh, so sorry about Although he that. Did Im- he did improve in the second half of the season. And sure. I am kind of mad at you. I wanted to bring him up to prove I can <laughs> okay. his name. Okay. Remember, I couldn't. I couldn't remember his of, name. And the rest the of these guys, season. the rest of these guys are just. Oh yeah, no, I know. I, I kept calling him every, every other combination of generic name possible. I could never come up with Andrew Thomas. Andrew uh, Johnson. Rest, Andrew Johnson. Johnson Thomas. Thomas. Thomas uh, Jones. Uh, okay, the rest of these guys, the other four guys now, it's offensive line outside of Andrew Thomas, do not have pedigree, and they are not talented. Um, what I guess. Is that the most obvious, easy, like like uh, lowest common denominator criticism you can levy, levy at Gettleman if the things are not cohesive and do not look good to start this season? Like, they didn't do anything about the offensive line. We, you need to give Danny Jones more time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, is that- yeah again, like the especially the way they, again, going back to how they want to run the ball, how they want to use the running back. If that's what you want to do on an offense, your offensive line has to be better. If you have a young quarterback who's maybe not all that accurate, your offensive line has to be better. If you want to do anything in life, your offensive line has to be better. It's an offensive league, and if you can't get your offensive line to protect your quarterback or block for your running backs, you're going to have an issue. Fucking Alonso just hit 34. Aye. Not great. This is not going to be Reese, Reese Hopkins for me this year. (laughs) <laughs> oh sheesh man alonzo yeah i was worried about being on his side of the, that was one of our decisions uh but anyway um let's move on to danny jones as we head into the 2021 campaign your expectation for him from a quarterbacking standpoint is he falls into what tier of ranking is it is it 15 to 20 is it 20 to 25 is it 25 to 30 20 to 25. Okay. And, you know, offensive line, offensive line be damned. Like, they did make some improvements for the receiving. They have a good receiver. They're getting, you know, if they can use him in any decent way, they're getting a running back. Like, he has some weapons around him. Thomas plays better, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you can see any improvement from the offensive line, he can sneak inside that top 20. Plus, he's sneaky good. You can joke about him falling down that one time, but sneaky good with his legs. It's like the if anybody played Tecmo, like the, the 1990, the 1991 series there, there was a Warren Moon play 
for the Oilers. If you guys don't know what the Oilers are, you're much younger than me, I guess. But the Oilers, and it was like this, all he would do is take it and then just turn around and run, like right up the gut. And like Jones Jones has that play. It just reminds me of that. He's, he scored on that. He had the long run. Like he, he has some good designed runs for a guy I didn't know who had legs. So like he has some skills. He's actually a really, really good deep ball thrower. Again, the sample sizes on that sort of thing are shitty. So you're not going to yeah. tell, but I mean, even if he mints it down to like 15 yards and over, he's a top five or he's a top five quarterback in the league on deep ball accuracy. So yeah, he has you know potential. What, you, know what I, you know what I got to tell you though, man, but a ton of that was luck, not skill. Cause a lot of that was like third and fourth down fluky yeah. shit. Uh, and, or they were, because like, this is like how, this is why you can't even really fairly evaluate Jones. They ran it so often on early downs that they were constantly facing long as shit third downs mm-hmm. and or long as shit third downs and very unlikely to make fourth downs late in the game down, you know, down. Like, you remember how, like, they were backdoor specialists last year. That was really all, that was really all they had going for them for a lot of those games, right? And honestly, the, uh, the gr- grading him is hard because you look at his stable, met- you know, su- stable quarterback metrics they all suck, all of them. He was awful uh, without play action. He was awful uh, when he was in the pocket. He was awful with no pressure. Uh, he was good on third and fourth downs, and in really long, uh, you know, asked asked to do the impossible. Sometimes he did it, and so it get, like that kind of buoyed his, his grade. Otherwise, his EPA per pass was negative, really. Which is wild. Like, I, and I mean, I would say too, like, if you're going to grade long, you know, deep passing against that sort of defense, I almost give it an upgrade. Like, you're throwing deep passes into prevent defense. <laughs> That's actually probably harder. It uh, is. But, say, like, but, it's, but it's not, I don't know if it's repeatable. No, and that, that's the thing. Like, it, those balls look good. Just the eye test. Like, his deep ball looks good. Other than that, his short stuff is kind of sketchy. And yeah, like you said, his some of his efficiency, some of the success rates are just not good. So probably in the 20 to 25 range. I'm not I'm not excited about him. Yeah. Salvi Perez, 10 to 1 live, by the way. Not looking yeah, not, good. yeah, he has like <laughs> he, he's roll, he, he's hit a couple uh double plays right at the shortstop. <laughs> is that bat though is nice, right? The bat looks cool. Well, can you imagine watching Alonso hit 34 and being like, all right, go up that there. expert at CBS Sports was right. Everybody's live except for Yeah, I just I can't uh, next year if they are repeat like experienced. Yeah. You know, you're talking like having an experienced guy. Yeah. You know, but here's 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 my final thought on Jones. His EPA per play in the pocket last year, 32nd in the league. It was negative. Tied with Drew Locke. Uh, a little bit better than Carson Wentz, a little bit better than Nick Foles, uh, a little bit better than Sam Darnold. Like this is a little bit better than Dwayne Haskins. Like we're not asking questions about any of those guys if they still have it. We know they do not. Yeah. Carson Wentz may be the only exclusion because you can point to history where he was good at the NFL level. Right. But we're not asking any uh, about any of those other guys like, is there a chance they could land in the middle of the pack? Could they be average NFL quarterbacks? We're not asking that. And yet Daniel Jones is still sort of in this, we don't really know category with the dregs of the league, which is, you know, it's tough to see. And I honestly, I don't even know what he could do um, to truly 
improve short of, you know, the obvious, like stop fumbling. Um, like that would be pretty important. Uh, but you know, realistically, I, I'm just not sure, uh, what to ask of him. And I know that, um, uh, Jason Garrett's not going to ask the right questions. So yeah. I don't even no, think it's I, worth spending time. <laughs> and truly like where the giants are, this is, it's his third year. Like if, if he's a, if he's the 25th best quarterback, it sucks because it's not a super quarterback rich draft next year. Like they missed it by a year, I guess. I don't know if, if they'd have lost like three more games last year, maybe they'd have taken a QB. So yeah. 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 T- tough look. I mean, you, you got you got a, a receiver after signing a couple receivers. So, um, and again, I'm not excited about Tony. Big Evan Ingram guy, whatever. Evan Ingram. <laughs> yeah, the end. Tony Slate. might not see many snaps, honestly. Like no, Slayton just, is good. Shepard is good. Galladay no, is like, good. They got John it. Ross there too. He might be something. Uh, Tony might be a very lightly used rookie. Uh, which again, head scratcher. Why not take uh, somebody who could improve your offensive line's performance instead of reaching for Tony at that point? But that's all water under the bridge now. Um, let's give the defense a little bit of shine for the Giants. I think you think it's going to be a little better than I do. Okay, <clears throat> like I'm, I'm in on a possible top ten. I'm not sure if I'm top five. And maybe tell me why you think it'll be top five. I really like the coordinator. Uh, I really like his scheme. Uh, Patrick Graham was, I thought, again, like the Giants did so many things wrong, but they're not being punished for it because they're in an easy-ass division and because they hit on a couple of absolute grand slams. One of them was Bradbury. One of them was Graham, in my opinion. And they have enough talent on the defensive line that they're going to be able to stop the run. So they're going to be able to keep, you know, they're going to keep themselves in games just like they did last year. They're going to have backdoor chances if they could score. Um, And I honestly like it's going to be extremely tough for any team that comes in past first uh, to find room in against the secondary. I have a high grade on Logan Ryan. I have a high grade on extremely high grade on Bradbury. Uh, I have a decent grade on Holmes, the slot quarterback. I have a decent grade on Jackson, who's coming off injury, but still as you know, one of one of the more impressive players from an individual performance at the cornerback position over the last handful of years. Now, cornerback, you know, basing any decisions on the way quarterback cornerbacks are grading is stupid because they're a little bit random. Year to year, you get weird. You know, the the best guy in the league the next year can come in and be an absolute bump. We've seen that for sure. Um, you could argue that about Dory Jackson even in his career that one year he was coming in absolutely white hot and then just was a no, was a nothing, nothing burger. Um, but, uh, but for sure, um, there are a lot of solid pieces in the secondary. The scheme is excellent. They can generate interior pressure with the likes of Williams and Lawrence. And uh, they have some young, fresh legs talent wise from a pass rushing standpoint that, you know, I don't think they're going to like iPod, get eye popping sacks um, but they'll get coverage sacks because there's just not a lot of openings to really pass on this team. Um, I don't really know what offense I would say matches up especially well against this Giants team. And honestly, if you come in with a vanilla offensive scheme like Seattle did last year, they're gonna they're gonna eat your lunch. And th- I think that was sort of the quintessential game that I see like uh, needs to happen a lot this season for the Giants to 
make their win total or to be competitive in the NFC East. Like they need to just have those games where their defense just throttles, shuts down a lesser prepared opponent and the offense does just enough and they don't turn it over. Um, and so, you know, I think that there are kind of a lot of contributing factors here, but just on the basis of the way they like to play, the way they will play, uh, and the fact that they're going to be in some low scoring knockdown drag out type of, uh, type of contest is, is why I'm sort of, uh, I'm bullish on this defense. Yeah. I'm with you. I just, <clears throat> I think it's tough. If the, if the offense doesn't get there, the defense is going to have all the time. I'm a Blake Martinez guy. I like what you said about Logan Ryan. I think he was a corner at one point. Yes, he was. I, f- I feel like he, yeah, I moved to safety Belichick system. Yeah. 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 So then, and again, like Adoree Jackson injured a bunch. We don't know. He's still probably going to be better than eight. No, he's going to be better than whatever they had before. And that that's a testament to Bradbury. And, you know, Bradbury did start the season, like, you know, playing a, a certain side of the field. I don't know which side, but he ended up being that guy. Like one of those guys, like, all right, we're putting him on this receiver this week. So he ended up moving around a lot, which is tough going to different sides of the fields. Even I, I'm assuming he probably played some slot in there too, like moving around like that and still playing that well, when the other corner, your other corners are, you know, not good, maybe not even replacement level testament. So if Jackson plays well, him and Bradbury, all of a sudden, if you had two shutdowns and then Peppers and Ryan playing safety, like a really good secondary is more important than almost anything on defense. You know, we, we joke about the, God, who was it? Booger. Booger said that one time before a draft and Booger says stupid stuff, like just painfully magic johnson's type stuff but he said like he something like if you draft players that can help your passing game or players that can hurt their passing game you're gonna do good in this league during like a draft I'm like god damn it booger i mean that's right like he, he, sir you, you've nailed it and having <laughs> you know it's a passing league so i mean off ball linebackers aren't what they linebackers so much faster now they're they're almost like a bunch of strong safeties everywhere but having some good a good coverage unit and a half decent pass rush like you're gonna be in games i completely agree with you um and honestly maybe i've just kind of talked myself into a circle here and the giants are just an under team for me and I'm just going to bet their unders until yeah. people catch up to this as a top five potential. If, yeah, if the offense is broken and this defense plays well, like this is the kind of team that loses. Most total to, on the board. Twenty-two to won, six. By the way. Yeah. Low, you know what? Actually, you know what? Here is here is the dream scenario. Are you ready for this? Yeah. There are two opening totals: week one, week two, against Denver and at Washington. Right. That Washington game is a Thursday night football game. First of all, dream scenario that those are fluky high scoring games. There's turnovers, there's defensive scores. We get like 50 points in each of those games, right? Mm-hmm. And the totals start to people anchor. Oh yeah, no, the Giants actually, uh, maybe they're an over team. They've gone over twice. And then they go on a run of Atlanta, New Orleans, Dallas, Rams. And I can see a very solid case for you're getting high 40s, low 50s in some of those games and just nuking those unders. That is the dream scenario. So we just need some lucky high scoring in those first couple weeks against Denver and Washington. Some fluky games. That's what we're, that's what I'm rooting for. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. 
That's how we, and you know, anybody who hasn't followed along or doesn't remember, that's kind of how we live. Like we're just waiting. <laughs> you we just see wait. The arc. You gotta. You, you gotta be able all, to predict it in every sport. Yeah, looking at the arc, looking at um, uh, Adam Chernoff used to have a really good term for that. It was a, a team, and it can be a team's. You know uh, how you judge a team as far as being over or under as well, but a, a team has a range. Like, and when a team hits the top of their range, you can't be betting on them anymore. Like they are, they've lost their value. And that, that can certainly be true of a team uh, in, in regards to totals as well. Yeah, no, we agree. All right. So no uh, preseason bets here. We've done two teams and we've made no bets. <laughs> I think that's, and yeah, honestly, I'm, like, honestly, I th- I I'll be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. We see, yeah, but, but not nothing that I think is worth. There's nothing on either of these teams pre-flop, especially now hitting here in the middle early uh early july that i think is like especially worth betting but like and, and honestly like there are there are not a lot of strong positions to be taken this year in my opinion just kind of no. looking across the board i think there will be lots come regular season lots in fact i'm more excited about the nfl this year than in many years past just because i feel like we have a very strong idea of what's going on as part you know just in terms of player impact and grading and etc um but preseason like you you're you've lightly bet this preseason compared to years past am i correct yeah no i i don't have i don't have, I, a, I don't have, have a ton uh art smith like if you're full transparent a lot of and this is before you can get down much this is like a bunch of different hundred dollar bets but it's like the the raiders under was the one right off the bat yeah. any anywhere that i could get a seven and I can't wait to do the Raiders, man. I got some serious yeah. thoughts about that so roster the, construction. Yeah, the Raiders under um, Art Smith, coach of the year. And maybe that, that's a good call. We we kind of talked possibility of Sirianni. If you are hot in the Eagles, which we're semi-hot, like we think they have a chance, that's not the worst look. Sirianni to be coach of the year. If they win the division, he is absolutely in the discussion, especially coming off a four-win team doing it with a young quarterback, doing it as the first time as a head coach. So that, and then we talked, maybe if yeah. you like either of these teams, bet them to win the I, division, and that's about honestly, it. if the Eagles win the East, I can almost guarantee you, guarantee you, Sirianni will be in the top three vote getters. For guarantee sure. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. And at that point, 30 to 1 for him to coach of the year as opposed to 5 to 1 for them to win the East. What the hell? <laughs> Wait, what the hell? Like, ah, that sounds pretty damn decent to me. And especially if it starts to kind of break that way uh, and you can kind of, you know, scoop up the other potential candidates, you got yourself a little uh, little portfolio there. Little um, but yeah. Portfolio. Yeah. So, yeah. I th- that, thank you for bringing that up. I wish I had thought of that. But that was that that is a that if you if you want to take a betting angle away from this podcast, that's about the only thing I got for you. Yeah. Take it easy on these two. We will closely monitor them, but yeah, the, the biggest takeaway is oh, and somebody Ryan Zelinsky, our uh, forty to one guy in the Beautiful. chat, forty to one on DraftKings right now. Beautiful. That's an X multiplier on five to one for them to win the division. I love it. Love it, yes. man. Um, eight eight X multiplier. Uh, okay. In summary, Eagles look like an over team to me. Giants look like an under team to me, uh, and uh, neither team. Is getting into the playoffs unless they win the division. Either team could win this division, and uh, realistically, I think Sirianni has a, a strong case for Coach of the Year if the Eagles do. Will anything. you be kind of mad if Jalen Hurts is really good, 
Because no. we bet him at like a hundred to one to be rookie of the year last year. Oh, they didn't play him. I did for I did I I, I will mean, be mad. He wasn't gonna like, beat Herbert though. No, he? no, no. I mean he would have had to have a really, really, really good season. Really but I mean I I, yeah, I put like twenty bucks on it. I just I, if if we say something on the pod, I feel obliged to have to bet a little on it because we talked about it. So it Dude. was it was I was hoping you would play. It's just a fun ticket to have. Yeah, I kind of yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna forget I'm gonna forget I even bet that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's just one of those like oh, uh, like later it's yeah. like ah, oh, they never played him. It doesn't count. Yeah, nope, doesn't count. Um, all right, well that was a, a super super fun podcast. As always, we will do one down, fifteen to go. Fifteen to go. All right, what are we talking so, Wednesday? I bet you can Wednesday, guess. The football team they just announced they will not be the Warriors. They've okay. Root, root, they've thrown that one out. The they listened to some Native American groups who said that was too close to some of the other the the actual you know Redskins name. They don't like that as well. So they will not be the Warriors. I, whatever it might just be football team again and the Cowboys. So the creme de la creme of the NFC least on Wednesday <laughs> will be back. And yeah, if you have any questions for those, hit us on. Hit us on Twitter, either one of us or at Deep Dive Pod. This was such a great one to start on. Nothing, nothing could happen in the preseason that would make me want to bet on this division, honestly. So this was the perfect way to start. Yeah, I know when (laughs) I looked at it, and that that is something. Like if you if you're you know waiting for a Packers preview, you got two months, buddy. (laughs) We're pushing some of those teams where there's a lot of uncertainty get pushed to the end. So man, some of those Packers look ahead lines. By the way, you saw Aaron Rodgers throw that ball in Tahoe, right? He threw it like 75 yards in the air. He, at least. He's, he's not taking this year off, and they ain't trading him. I don't know. I think he just I think he just likes the attention. That Packer, Of course he does. And that Packers, uh, yeah, he's putting the screws to them because they did him dirty drafting a quarterback in round one. So he's, I think he he's might using all of his leverage just to, just to screw. No, come on. He's still got it. He's not walking away. He's not. Right. He's happy now. He's a married man. Tell he's me the last time an MVP walked I mean, last time an MVP walked away from the sport. I don't think that happens. It like, doesn't happen. That's what, yeah. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> Barry Sanders was the closest. And that was Detroit. Green Bay is not Detroit. So when we are watching Green Bay in Detroit week two at Lambeau, Rodgers is going to be there. And you know that right now you could bet. Uh, you want to know what you could bet on that look ahead for Green Bay, Detroit? You want to guess? Oh, it's actually not that. It's not that aggressive. It's not that egregious. Like eight? Seven and a half, yeah. Okay. Seven and a half. There's some other ones that are bad, though. Like Green Bay is uh, only minus two and a half against Chicago. Minus three at Cincinnati, really? Uh, Plus, there's a couple couple of of numbers that are not going to be there if Rodgers actually suits up. Anyway, let's hit the music. Good pod, good preview, good start to the season, and uh, good start to the off-season preview series, I should say. And uh, what's going on in the uh, home run derby? We have Otani needing to hit 23 to advance. Okay. Uh, so you're telling me that Soto made is over. And Otani will be on his under. And he will be on his under, guaranteed. Both middles, both the big middles. Here.